Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF 23 review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, it is day nine of the 48th annual Toronto International Film Festival. We are tired. We are torn up inside. But we're going. We're still going. We're, we're all over the place. But I can tell you this much. After having watched the film we're about to review, I would not be surprised if this is the People's Choice winner of 2023. Yes, we are recording this before the awards are announced, so maybe by the time you're listening to this you already know what won the People's Choice, and maybe it is this film. But yes, today we are talking about Alexander Payne's La Foldover, starring Paul Giamatti. Um, yes, Eric, I'm... Uh, Big fat loser himself. <laughs> He's great, man. I can't wait to talk about this. Oh, um, Big Fat Liar, pardon me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that was really mean. Um, but now I know what you're talking about. You're right. Frankie Muniz, man, yeah, yeah. and Amanda Bynes. Yeah, Paul Giamatti's finest performance, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, until this. No one does blue face Sideways, better. Big Fat Liar, yeah. holdovers. Private parts. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're wrapping up the fest. Uh, Eric and I already have a ton of reviews that you guys can go check out from our first opening weekend. And then we've been watching movies all week, and now we're kind of... Uh, posting the rest of our reviews uh so we just recorded a great review for dream scenario but we also had 10 other reviews that we did that first weekend so you can go check all of those out uh but yes it's the weather is getting cooler uh but it's still quite nice here in toronto but we're going to talk about a christmas movie today which actually uh i'm excited about because i love christmas movies yes you do even the muppets christmas i know you're a christmas curmudgeon a little bit but like, well, i don't uh, mind it i just find it very um i love it melancholic in the time hey, of year which i think that's why i like the movie so much um uh, because it's it's coming to the end of the year and you're reflecting on all the things that you've accomplished and like part of you feels like oh did i actually like spend my time wisely yeah exactly <laughs> i'm near the end uh, how can I make this quick and painless as possible? And then you watch the holdovers and you realize, and you want to aspire to be, at least in my case, uh, like Paul Giamatti's uh, ancient history teacher at uh, Barton, uh, the boarding school where this film mostly takes place. And um, it's really smart on uh, the, the part of, of Alexander Payne and uh, the writer um, Doug Hemmingson uh, to sort of set it during the holiday season and kind of make it, um, oh, David Hemmingson, sorry, pardon me, uh, to make it kind of like a bit of a, a countdown, you know, from uh, when the break begins to the new year yeah. and seeing this relationship between these three characters, one of which is played by Paul Giamatti, um, sort of form over the course of uh, these couple of weeks and sort of learning about people and, and getting a better understanding of, you know, who they are by actually having conversations with them and being forced to kind of sit down with them during dinner or, you know, maybe getting a better sense of who they are as people. Like, there's this one really great movie, and we'll get into the plot in a second, where um, uh, the young kid in this movie, Angus Tully, um, played by Dominic Sessa, Sessa um, is talking to Paul Giamatti about, you know, the smell that, that he has, that Giamatti's character has a specific smell that's kind of like fish. And then Giamatti kind of just very frankly says, okay, well, I have a condition and 
and this is why and sometimes you never think about those things when you are, 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 are judging yeah. someone or associating something yeah. with somebody and then when he tells them that it changes the perspective of not of it not being just simply gross yeah you know and and those little moments are played in a way that aren't sentimental or saccharine but they're still very poignant and thoughtful in how they're handled and i think in other hands a movie like this could have been more sweet or too happy in how it handles it but i think it does it in a very more melancholy or bittersweet yeah and and in a very honest way and and you know this takes place in the early 70s and it has you know through the 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 cinematography and the sound, and the sound yeah. but even the casting like there are characters in this movie there are actors in this film that feel like they transported through time yeah. from you know, 1970 yeah. 70 to 71 to to Impactable now kind to of production this. design and, and just design of the movie in yeah. general yeah no i i'm i'm at i'm with you i loved this movie i think it is a new weirdly classic and contemporary uh, uh you know, a, a new Christmas classic for me. A movie that I think will, I will put on every year or every other year. I don't know if it's an every year movie yet because it is not, it's it's sweet at times, but it is melancholy and a little bit somber and, and you know, but still sweet at times, but not in the way that you're saying that it, you know, avoids and stuff like that. But uh, I think it, Giamatti is absolutely excellent in this movie. I think all three lead actors with, Divine uh, Joy Randolph. Yeah, Dominic Sessa and Paul Giamatti are all absolutely phenomenal. Their relationship between those three characters and how it develops throughout the movie, I think, is so good. Um, and I uh, I just found myself completely enamored with the entire thing. I think the style could have easily been too much. Uh, but it draws like, too much attention to yeah, itself. and too, like, Yeah. Because it's a, often a movie that it's trying to capture a certain period. We'll try to thematically make the filmmaking match that period and I always appreciate that but sometimes I can also go too far but I'm always an aesthetic guy I love style I love when you inject it and commit to that aesthetic so when the movie opens with the classic rated R bloom screen kind of thing when it has the classic um, intros for Miramax and focus features uh, when it has the grainy filmic cinematography and then the sound to match that, it almost seems like it's a mono track. Yeah. Like I, I think it is a mono track and they're using even whether in the sound design, capturing it with modern uh, tech and then making it sound like it's from the 70s or if they just used that. I don't know. The I equipment, have yeah. equipment from that era. Um, I just absolutely love the aesthetic. And then um, the emotional core of the movie, of like, it is something we've seen a million times before, and Giamatti's great at it, Payne is great at it, but like that kind of curmudgeon guy who finds, you know, uh, himself through, you know, uh, late in his life because he's learning from the, this kid at the school and developing that relationship and stuff like that. I think well, it's such a it's such so a cliche yeah. sort of art because like it's 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 also not that which I appreciated yeah. because you have somebody that's, you know, very much set in their ways. They're fastidious. Yeah. They they. They're they they're a lifer there. Yeah. You know, he he works at and lives at Barton, and he barely goes outside the campus. Yeah. He doesn't go to Boston. He has no real social life. He's basically asexual, and yeah. so you know you have this guy who lives for, you know, ancient history and specifically Roman history, and he's a hard ass, and people hate him. Everyone hates him equally. Um, but you also see at the beginning of it that he 
you know, is a hard marker, but at the same time, he can recognize um, people's talent if they have it, the potential, and he sees that in Angus. And even before they spend time together, you know, you see him put down his grade, it's a B plus, and it's the one good mark in the class yeah. compared to everybody so, else. Yeah, you didn't do great, but hey. You but it's, but it's a, that compared to, yeah, I mean, that's an else. A plus yeah, compared yeah. to everybody else. And and what I like about that is that for every moment that there's a, a, a bit of a bond or maybe like he's cutting, you know, Angus or, or Dominic Sessa's character a little bit of slack, there's a, a, an equal opportunity of... of the two clashing yeah. and it never feels pap and and when you're watching those moments of and especially because it does feel as much about you know the character of Angus Tully being this kid who yeah. you know is is very smart and 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 maybe he's not brilliant and that's another important thing that the movie makes the distinction he's not a a, a genius or, or a whiz kid per se but he, he he he's well-rounded enough to know that you know he's not maybe like the other prep school boys that are kind of getting ready to apply for Yale or Harvard or things like that. His background's not the same as that. No. He lost his father. Yeah. And, like, his mother's kind of absent. Well, his mother is basically trying to start a yeah. new life, and yeah. so she's tucking him away at this boarding school. And that's the stuff that I think you feel the strongest about, because I think the real villain of this piece is almost the mom, because, like, you, you look at, like, he he's kind of circling you know, being kicked out of, of this boarding school because of his bad behavior. And if he does, he'll be shipped off to military academy, right? And this is during, you know, still during the Vietnam War. And that plays uh, an important part in, in terms of loss and grief when you see um, Divine Joy uh, right off who plays uh, <laughs> sort of the head chef at this cafeteria and she's her lost son, her son. Yeah. Um, and Who was a former student of the school. Yeah, yeah. And, and also how... There's there's something interesting there going on between Giamatti's character and 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 uh, Randolph's character where you think oh there's going to be like this relationship between a white professor and a black woman, but it, it's again not cheapening no. the sentimental kind of aspect. She respects him for being kind, but at yeah. the same time it's like we're not friends, you know. And there's there's a couple moments in in this movie that feel like that are very honest and real about that yeah. stuff. And there's a respect there, but maybe not a, a, you know, a friendship. So, you know, this movie could have gone in a very hallmarky. I yeah, way. especially with the Christmas, you know, setting and all that. Yeah, kind of it stuff doesn't. Too, no. It just feels so believable in a way that like there was a lot of movies in the '70s that were being made in the studio system. I, I keep talking to you about the Paper Chase with John Houseman. Yeah, you know, that's one of the movies that I thought a lot about when watching this film. Or you know, there's this. It, it has nothing to do with in terms of themes or style or anything, but a movie called Breaking Away, which was a late, later 70s movie, the Peter Yates film with uh, Jackie Earl Haley, which was an early role for him as a kid. And like the idea of, you know, seeing people interact in environments and situations more so than having a, a plot. You know, yeah. it's just kind of about the moment or, or the a celebration or, yeah. of life or something like that. That's kind of maybe the, the jumping off point. But yeah, like you just said right there, it's about the characters. It's about getting to know them as people and how you handle that exposition really in a, in a frank way. And e- even though uh, Payne's not credited as a writer on this, it's also interesting to see David Hemmingson's um, past uh, credits. He's a TV guy for the oh, most yeah. part. Um, and it does have a very pleasing premise in that way. Like you could set it up as, you know, like a TV movie, as, as I mentioned. But... 
there's something about Payne's direction that keeps it from going into an awards bait. Like it's, I think it's going to be an awards film, but I, it's I also not awards yeah. baity. Yes, I, I would it's say, not trying to be that. No, but I think it will naturally get that recognition. I think the only criticism I really have about the film, and I'm looking at this from the point of view of, as Alexander from Alexander Payne, is it is a safe movie for him to make. Right. It's very Something much in his wheelhouse, and you get why he's doing this because of of the the failure of downsizing. Ooh, yeah, downsizing. You know, it's it's almost like okay, I need to make something to remind people like what I'm really good at. Yeah. The curmudgeon teacher who can be off putting to yeah. a lot of people, but it's maybe not as um, uh, what's the, the the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it's not as acidic as um, you know Matthew Broderick in Election. You know, sure. like it's it's not as um, uncomfortable to watch as yeah. at times. It's not maybe as um, uh, self-deprecating as maybe Sideways. Yeah. You know, uh, Giamatti is is amazing, and he's one of those character actors that you know works constantly. Is often you know um been the solid supporting guy and sideways was the movie american um uh, uh it's, you know like you, you look at american splendor as well like films like that have kind of made him a, a bigger indie name but yeah. he's not a you know movie star yeah. marquee guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but when you get a role like this where he's perfect for it you're reminded of man i wish he would be given more or, or people would write more roles like this for him because he's been in TV for the last little while with Billions, right? Like, it's... Um, so it's it's nice to get him to do something like this, that where he is kind of the, the anchor of the film in a way. Uh, and, and he does have a lot of one-liners that are amazing, oh, yeah. that it's are... very funny. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very funny. Yeah, I, I really love when he's marking um, the uh, either exams or assignments, and he's like... Or maybe it was the yeah the exams that he was marking at the beginning where he's like, like Philistines. Philistines, <laughs> always say heathens, but yeah, it's. Uh, and I, I just like his progression throughout the whole movie, and I agree with you. It could have been cliche written and just kind of like ah, uh, of course this guy's gonna end up becoming like nice by the end of it and stuff like that. And he he doesn't really change all that much. It was always there from the beginning, but that relationship that he develops with especially Dominic Sessa's character, I think it, it feels natural and earned. Like, it never feels like it, it's... Like you said, it feels lived in, it feels believable, it feels real. Like, it doesn't feel like a hallmarky, like, of course this is happening. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see it. Okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. He's going to redeem, blah, 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 blah. And I just... I don't know, I was constantly just, uh, like I said at the beginning, just enamored with the whole thing. Like, it... It's Christmassy without feeling like a Christmas movie. Like, this is another one of those movies that we watch in September, and it's not like it feels out of place, right? You're not going to be a psychopath if you watch uh, The Holdovers in in July, right? Yeah. Because I, it, while Christmas is very much a, a huge part of the movie because of, you know, this kid being left here over the holidays and things like that, and it's very much a big part of the movie, it doesn't feel... Like one of those movies you have to only watch at Christmas, and it's so you can consider it a Christmas movie, but it's more than that as well. Because I love Christmas movies, but there's certain ones where if you watch Elf in, in July, you're psycho. Yeah, these are the people that that go into their tubs in the morning, uh, take a bath, and then go to work. Jingle all the way in 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 March. I don't know. Like you should have done that in four months ago, bro. <laughs> or if you watch Die Hard in July, I, I, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, and uh, we talk about horror movies in the same way, right? But like. This, I felt like, while I consider it a new Christmas classic, like, I, I really 
Uh, I think it's something you can watch at any time. Um, I think it completely works. It, it's I, I I love 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 this movie. It's fighting for my best of the best with Zone of Interest. I think this is obviously a way more accessible movie than Zone of Interest. I think Zone of Interest is uh, a way more important movie and a way more art- artistic movie. Um, this is almost um, like a best versus favorite. Yeah, kind of, right? Where it's fighting of what my list wants to be of. Is it my favorite movies of the festival or is it the best movies of the festival? I usually lean towards favorite, where what am I gonna watch more often? I'm gonna watch the whole holdovers Oh yeah, often. yeah. Um, if you watch Zone of Interest, what did like, I enjoy more? Week, I enjoyed the holdovers more. But like when I'm looking at it critically, it's like okay, the Zone of Interest is a masterpiece. Is the holdovers a masterpiece? No, but like I think it's just fully and wholly uh, enjoyable and, um, and 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 sweet and melancholy and, and more bittersweet. And I just I think it's wonderful. I'm gonna give the movie a, uh, a four and a half, and I highly suggest everyone go see it. Um, I think it's coming out at the perfect time. It's November. Yeah, it's right? late October, like, early November yeah. through Focus Features uh, yeah. in the U.S. and Universal Pictures Canada. I think that's perfect for this movie when it's starting to get cold, starting to snow in a lot of places. Like, I think it's going to be, uh, if you can see it at a really great theater, like I know it's playing Lightbox, this, if you're listening to this right away and can get a ticket for tomorrow morning, I highly suggest it. Uh, or no, Sunday morning. It's playing at Lightbox. I wish they were showing this on film, too, yeah. somewhere, too. But four and a half, and me, I really, really like it. Well, I'm, I'm going to pull a, a, a Paul Giamatti here, and I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah. It's very good. I just said, again, the only real criticism I have is, you know, um, it, it's it's very much in Payne's wheelhouse. The, the other thing that I, I do want to mention again, and I think that this is really important, I, I feel like Payne's a part of this group of filmmakers and I don't know what you would call it or how you would describe it, but there's him, there's Richard Linklater, there, there was Terry Zygoff, there, there was a couple other guys, Mike Judge is a little bit in this group, where they they cast their films in such a way that it, it, they feel like real people, but there's yeah. also something a little bit kind of heightened about it all, just in terms of how people look or how they behave. It, it, it feels a little bit more real and less... Um, um, cinematic, you know, like uh, you you look at something like a Hal Ashby movie, which I know a lot of people will compare this to as well. There's something kind of more dreamier about those movies in in the '70s, you know, whether it be The Last Detail or even into the uh, late '70s with with being there. Um, but with with this, like, just the little details. Like I keep thinking about the first time we see, you know, um, Carrie Preston's character in this movie. She has a, a, a bit role in this and she's really lovely in the movie as well yeah. um, when she gives him these gingerbread cookies and you see the lipstick on her, on her teeth, teeth. Yeah, and yeah, that detail I feel it's just like there's just something about that that it's it feels like th- these are real people and even you know the conversation that we didn't have you know like uh, Paul Giamatti's really? character going, yeah, has has a lazy uh, eye yes you know yeah. and 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 that but it's not like a, a thing that everyone keeps pointing out or it's not even well they, like they a, but they do talk about it it's like how do you it, like how do you talk to somebody and this is again yeah. is, is going with like the smell of, of but it's never a joke or a bit no or no no but like, asking people yeah. or just kind of being uh, like just sometimes people appreciate that and that yeah. does feel like a real thing yeah and that even has an amazing payoff and, and and i think when when you look at how these yeah the setup and payoff of that is actually quite is awesome. yeah and, and, and there's you know I, I didn't cry or anything for this film but Neither did i but, but i felt i felt like i was genuinely rewarded by emotional catharsis and 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 
you know, the, the pathos of these characters having their own breakthroughs, as, as we were talking about, felt earned for them. You know, the, the, the choices that they make, especially when they do decide to help each other out yeah. or they can be more um, affable to each other, yeah. feels affable and, and, and concerned in a way that's true to them. Yes. And doesn't necessarily feel like it's breaking their character in order to give it some sort of greater uh, yeah, moment to the audience. Exactly. Yeah, I absolutely agree. With so I'm a four out of five, but yeah. but I but I do think it is a really good movie, and I think it's one of those films that like it's going to have a long life theatrically because of it opening at the end of October and early November, and the the holiday thing, and then also I think because of the award buzz, um, it's just one of those movies that's going to be very accessible. I think it will mean a lot to people in terms of potentially being a holiday classic yeah. in the future and it just it does so much so well um and you know like a lot of the stuff we've seen before but at least it does it in a way that just feels like it's all earned yeah and again we haven't talked a lot about Randolph, but like you know she's been doing a lot of great work she was wonderful in dolomite is my name recently yeah um and that's a character that could have been easily cliched or problematic but she finds such incredible dignity and respect to the character and feels real like i think the closest moment i did come to feeling really moved by something in this movie like in terms of like there's a couple moments but just a hug between two sisters yeah i thought was really oh, beautifully yeah, done yeah. and almost felt it's like a short a, film yeah in itself but it's just like a simple moment yeah too right and there are multiple moments like that where each character gets their moment, but it doesn't feel cinematic, and I mean yeah. that as a compliment. Like, it doesn't feel forced, or it doesn't feel like I need the audience to... Manipulative, right? Yeah. Like, it feels so earned throughout, and you feel like real people, and the world feels lived in, and this school, and we didn't talk about the, all that, like the production design and the, and the way that the school's set up of everyone being away, and they all have to stay at the one place because the power gets shut off, but they make everyone... Uh, these holdover kids and all of that how that plays out I think is wonderful to isolate just these three central characters yeah I think is really interesting like it's just it all feels very earned and it's all wonderful so yeah uh, a great movie that could potentially by the time you're listening to this win people's choice it's probably my prediction right now yeah the, um, the way that because I saw you saw this at a, at a and it played really screening. well at the P&I like applause at the end at like there I've only been to a couple P&I's where people like applauded at the end um, Dream Scenario was one of them. Uh, the Holdovers was Pool one Man of was them. one for me. Uh, did people applaud? No, people yet? were like, like "Thank joking. God it's over." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, there was only a couple that got that like visceral reaction in a press screening, and yeah. the Holdovers got like a, a like a applause at the end. And for people to go, well, film festivals, there's applause at every movie. It's like not at the PNIs, there are not. Yeah. Like the PNIs, it's a bunch of curmudgeon press and industry people. People that are that are all basically the Paul Giamatti character <laughs> yeah. in this that are dead inside. So that's why they maybe saw themselves and they were just like, yeah. yes, finally. Uh, it's great. Um, so go, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please go back and listen to all of our other TIFF reviews. We have many more that you guys can go check out. I won't list them all here, but you can head over to Letterboxd, which is untitled underscore movies. They'll all be there for you to see. Um, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. You can follow me on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Have you ever drank uh, Jim Bean? Jim Bean. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. I, I'm not like, I'm a, I like whiskey quite yeah. a bit. It is my, whiskey and bourbon are my two, uh, uh, 
liquors of choice. Liquors sound so like crass. Uh, I don't know. What do they got? Uh, Vivations? What are the fuck? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> trying to be bougie. I don't. I don't drink that much anymore. But uh, when I was drinking at uh, uh, actually, there's a good reference to Johnny Walker in another movie that we saw at the festival, and I had some Johnny Walker, but they were serving red at the tiff party, not not blue, which is the good Johnny Walker. Um, Jim Bean. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>